This episode is brought to you by my template shop on Etsy. That's right. I heard your feedback a couple months back and opened up a template store for all you Etsy lovers, and I have been blown away by the feedback so far. While all of my templates and bundles listed are already included inside my Playmaker Society monthly membership, now you have the option of purchasing these resources a la carte as you need them, which is perfect if you're not quite ready to jump in and join our Playmaker community quite yet. These templates and trainings start at just $7, are professionally developed and proven to work, and can save you hundreds of hours and dollars because, like you've probably heard a million times, there is no need to reinvent the wheel, especially when I have already created highly effective operations documents and templates and optimized them over the years to be exactly what you need in your business, exactly when you need them. Head to the show notes to browse my a la carte templates on Etsy starting at just $7 right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Good morning, Playmakers, and happy Wednesday. It's me, your host, Michelle Caruana, and this is episode 269 of the Profitable Play Podcast, and today I have another incredible guest expert interview for you. And if you haven't noticed, over the last couple months, I've been trying out a more specific posting schedule in that I've been publishing solo episodes, so just me talking to you one-on-one the whole episode, on Mondays, and I've been publishing guest expert interviews every single Wednesday, and sometimes I'll throw in a mini bonus episode or tip on Fridays. So if you like this format of posting both weekly solo episodes and guest expert interviews, let me know. Or if it's just too much content and you struggle to listen and keep up, I totally get it, but I would love to know that too. So send me a message on Instagram. It's at it's Michelle Caruana. I've linked my profile in the show notes because everyone spells my name wrong, but I always deeply appreciate any and all feedback on these episodes. If you haven't noticed, I don't advertise with any outside companies on this podcast. And if I do ever mention another tool or product, it's because it's something that I actively use and love in my business and I'm sharing an affiliate link. So if you sign up or buy, I get a small percentage, but I'm not making any ad revenue off this podcast. I'm here solely to help you optimize and grow your play-based business. So again, any and all feedback is more than appreciated because these episodes are for you. So anyway, I've been thinking lately about what we've covered on this podcast thus far and something that I've noticed and something that has been brought to my attention whenever I ask for feedback is that between this podcast and my YouTube channel and especially my paid products, I am really good about covering every single nook and cranny of your business, doing my best to leave no stone unturned. But I've noticed that I've neglected taking a more holistic approach at times and looking at you, the busy, maybe burnt out business owner, and diving into the other things that you may be needing, 
whether it's in regards to your mindset or your personal life or your relationships or your daily habits. So I'm making it another goal of mine to spend more time in 2024 and beyond helping you live the life you truly dreamed of when you decided to launch a business, whether those topics are in my comfort zone or wheelhouse or not. Back in episode 218 of this podcast, I did an interview with Kelly Nolan, where we talked about time and task management, especially in the home and in your personal life. And the feedback I got on that conversation was so overwhelming in a good way. So today I want to expand on that. I want to dive deeper into a similar topic, but in a slightly different yet adjacent facet of your life. Today, I want to talk about meal prep and planning as a busy parent entrepreneur. And because this is certainly not in my wheelhouse, and I think we ordered out like at least five or six days a week when I own my indoor playground, and that's not including all the kind of maybe questionable, almost expired food from the cafe that I brought home that I didn't want to go to waste, even if I had already marked it as shrink. So because this is not in my wheelhouse today, I'm so excited to welcome Verona Engel on the show. Verona is a dynamic meal prep coach dedicated to empowering busy entrepreneurs and small business owners. Her podcast, Lose Weight with Meal Planning, focuses on practical, time-efficient strategies for healthy eating and meal prep. Verona understands the entrepreneurial struggle that we all go through, and she offers real-life solutions to align health goals with business success. And what I love about her approach is that it's all about simple, effective meal planning and turning the chaos of meal prep into an easy, manageable, and fun part of a busy lifestyle. Her insights are invaluable for anyone looking to maintain their health without sacrificing their entrepreneurial ambitions or just simple everyday life. And what was so great about this conversation was that it truly felt like I was just chatting on FaceTime with a friend the entire time. Sometimes when I talk to an expert or when I listen to another business podcast, I get a lot of like high-level theory, but nothing super practical and nothing I can really sink my teeth into, no pun intended, today to make an instant difference in my life. But today is definitely not one of those conversations. After I talked to Verona today, I walked away with a full grocery list, an air fryer in my Amazon cart because I'm probably the only one in the world that doesn't have one, as well as tons of practical tips that I can put into practice immediately to save time in the kitchen. And I even learned how to make eating vegetables fun for my kids. And these are things I hadn't heard of before, and I thought I heard it all. And full disclosure, we had a few, um, I guess I'll call them wardrobe malfunctions during this episode. And yes, I could have edited them out, but Verona has insisted that I leave them in because, again, it just adds to the realness of this conversation between two entrepreneurs just looking to help others eat healthy without sacrificing their success or losing their sanity in the meantime. And no, you do not need to have any weight loss goals in order to get amazing takeaways from this episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see what I mean by wardrobe malfunction. And for you podcast listeners as well, you will just have to use your imagination. But anyways, here is my conversation with Verona, host of the Lose Weight with Meal Planning podcast. Hi, Verona. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
I'm so glad to be here. So before we dive into today's topic, do you want to get started by letting us know who you are and who you serve? Yeah, my name is Verona and I'm a qualified meal prep coach and I serve busy women and everybody's busy, right? But I serve busy women, specifically mums and small business owners and entrepreneurs who are so good at putting themselves first, everyone else. Well, actually, no, we're not good at putting ourselves first, are we? We put ourselves last and we put everyone and everything else above ourselves. And that includes people, parents, children, everybody apart from ourselves. So that is who that I serve. Awesome. And I'm so happy that we were able to connect because I feel like this is exactly what we need to talk about especially because it's the new year. And I know a lot of us have goals around health and nutrition and things like that. So again, I'm really excited for today's topic. So before we dive into the good stuff, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this? Because I always find this part so interesting. Absolutely. For me, it was a combination of things. But for me, it was people pleasing. I subscribe to People Pleases Express. You know, I graduated from school, from college, university. I got a degree in People Pleases Express. And the biggest thing was, like I say, being there for everyone else. But when it came to my turn, not one person said thank you or said, are you all right with that? Do you need help with that? And I think that's what happens when you become a people pleaser. You do it out of a sense of some, not everybody, but you're doing it out of a sense of validation. I want you to notice me. And being a Christian, it happened a lot in my younger ages. And I look a lot younger than I am. I'm, I'm now 40. So being in that space and that age where, oh, wait, hold on a second. My hair extensions fell off. What? One second. That is fun. <laughs> oh, gosh, that happened to me at school. And when I used to work with the children and young people, I used to work in a behavior school. And um, what do you call it? I'm going to actually record this, put this in the podcast. Um he was cracking up. He was crying. I used to work with behavior children, children with behavior needs. And it fell off. Literally, as I was talking, it fell off and rolled to the side. He was in fits of hysterics. <laughs> of course, he found it funny, but I found it humiliating. Okay, let me continue. So I literally had to pause there because I've got on some extensions and it fell off. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how cringe and how embarrassing. There is actually an Instagram reel about that. And it happened to me. But anyway, we will continue with my story. Um, I got into People Pleasers Express and just got into a point where I was always busy doing things. And as a Christian, it was like seen as, oh, I'm busy doing the Lord's work. So people who were last minute, meaning they did rotors last minute, they scheduled things last minute, and they forgot to add a key part to the team. And it's like, oh, who who can do this? I know Verona will do it. And lo and behold, I would. I would do it every single time that they asked me. They had no notice. It was almost like dropping everything at a hat. And of course, they didn't say thank you. And it kind of got into that pattern where I started to resent doing anything, not just in church, but also in work environments in the corporate world, et cetera. But from people pleasing and being angry and being lonely, it got to the point where I was like, um, okay, nobody's there for me. So I know the one thing that is there for me is food. So this is where I began to personify food. Food became a person. Like you go to somebody, a friend or a family member or a partner to kind of, you know, you have that conversation with. This is what happened with me in food. Of course, that led to neglecting my health and then it, you a 10-year battle with gut health issues. Every time I went to the doctor, they could never find anything that was wrong, but I refused to accept that it actually was my diet. That was the one that was causing the issues. I refused to accept it because it had, or food had a role to play in my life. 
And I don't know if you've ever seen Inside Out. And any of you who are fans of Inside Out, there is a number two. There's a sequel coming out. But Inside Out basically is, and I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. So it's a film where you've got this character and something happens, a key change in her life happens. And then we are actually seeing how she reacts to it in the real world. And then we also see her emotions played out in her head. It's quite a good film. But when it comes to food and our relationship, one of the things that I did was go to food when I was angry, lonely, sad, happy, all of those things. And that's basically what Inside Out is doing. It shows you your connection about food and your emotions, etc. And that's what mine was tied up in. So when our brains send us a neurological pathway, a neurological pathway where our brain says, right, you're feeling angry. The last time that we felt angry, this is what we had. We went to DoorDash or for us over here, it's Deliveroo or Just Eat. And then it made me feel better. So it would send those signals to me to say, right, this is what we need to do in these situations. Of course, this is where weight gain happens. And this is where the whole addiction to food and everything happened for about almost 20 years, almost two decades of my life, literally half my life of just being addicted to food. And it wasn't until I actually found the root cause of this, that was rejection, that everything was able to be found out. And I was able to find out what the root cause was. And I said, this is now where I can start to work on it. I had counseling and one of the best counseling sessions I've ever had. And that's when I started to seek ways to heal my gut. And I still don't, don't get it twisted. I still had, you know, bouts with diets, restricting my food, cutting out sugar, doing all of the things. I even done a popular, and I won't say the name, but I've done a popular MLM that has shakes and concoctions and a whole library of workouts. And yeah, that was supposed to make my eating habits go away, but it didn't, it made it worse. And that happened for a number of years until I was like, no, you need to have the counseling. And for me, becoming a nutrition coach was almost like taking my mess and turning that into a message to other women, the type A type of women, the busy women who dare not ask for help, even though we need, we need, even though we know we need help, we don't ask for help. So helping you make meal planning, make healthy eating simple, that isn't restrictive, that isn't in diets, that isn't in any of those restrictive things. That's awesome. And I can absolutely relate to that. I'm also, you know, I check all your boxes. I'm type A, I'm a people pleaser. And I also had to seek, you know, counseling for a lot of those same things. Mine manifested in different ways that were probably equally unhealthy. But I think a lot of my audience also struggles with that. And I know a lot of people listening fit that same, you know, kind of description that you mentioned, because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we use those qualities in positive ways for our business. But again, we were kind of chatting about this offline a little bit. A lot of times we put so much of that energy into our business and we neglect ourselves. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And, you know, assuming that, you know, we're all working on going to counseling and addressing these deeper issues, the next thing that kind of comes up when I'm speaking to my audience about this type of thing and when I'm working on it myself, a lot of the things that come up is time and figuring out, okay, you know, I understand that I need to take care of myself. I understand that I'm being really neglectful and I'm pouring everything I have into my business, but I don't have any time, right? That's always the first thing that people say. So can you talk to us a little bit about how we can figure out how to balance nutrition and taking care of ourselves and our families as well? Because a lot of us are parents with, you know, the challenging schedules that our businesses often impose on us. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to say something that might ruffle a few feathers, but I'll quantify it. 
that is one of the biggest things that I hear when it comes to being healthy. And it's interesting why health is the very first thing to go or to be put to the wayside. And the things that we're working on or working towards, you know, excelling, I want to meet this month. I want to excel this target. I want to do this in Q1, two, three, or four. I want to be able to do this. I want to earn this goal. I want to do this for my family. But if we're neglecting our health, how can you do all of those things with your family? No matter if you've got the highest roster of clients that you've ever had or whatever it is, if you're the ship of your business, if you're running on empty, then your business could potentially be no more. And the clients that you do have that you're working hard for, they will be grateful for a period. And then it's like, well, when am I going to get the service that I've paid for? Or I want a refund. And you've never seen your clients turn this angry as quickly as they can. And I think it is about getting to a point where, and I haven't said the phrase, but it's getting to a point where learning to love yourself as much as you love your clients, as much as you love your job, as much as you love your business, and as much as you love the others that you care for. That's hard to do. If it's not something that you're used to doing, it's foreign. It's a foreign concept to you. It's like, okay, that sounds nice. It sounds a little bit woo-woo, but give me tips. Give me what do I need? But that is what you need. And that's why I went to counseling because I was trying everything else. I was trying diets. I was trying all of these things, but it wasn't working. So the root cause was I was turning to food because of rejection and feeling rejected by people who were supposed to love me. They didn't. And that was the crux of it. So we tend to deal with the external and it pacifies it for a while. It works for a while until it doesn't. Then it's actually getting to the point of why do you spend so much time watching Netflix, for example? Why do you Chicago's Fire PD has come back out and it's amazing? I love it. I absolutely love it. So, I mean, I will watch all three of them, but at least I will put that into my diary that I'm going to have this time and do that. Now, the saying that we don't like is we all have the same 24 hours in a day. However, we don't all have the same responsibilities or priorities as everybody else. That's a given. So I can't say to you, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Just, you know, go and spend time and do this. I can't tell you that. But I can say if I was to give you another five hours, because you're telling me that, you know what? I don't have enough time. I just need more time. And I had a magic one and I said, okay, Michelle, I could give you five hours a day. Oh yes, I'd love that. All right, I'll give you five hours extra. It's likely if you're not managing your time effectively, those five hours are going to be spent just like the rest of the hours that you do in the day. So it's how can you manage that? And that's firstly looking at what you do have the time with. Some of my clients love me doing this activity. Some of my clients are not my best friend when we go through this activity because we're pointing out things that we're not comfortable with. We will literally go through hour by hour what you do. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I check my emails at about seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's lots of these things. But practically, it's about making time. You have to look at the things that you're doing and making time for the things that you need to be doing, wherever that is. It could be 20 minutes to make a meal. It could be five minutes for breathing work. There are apps that can, and I was on a podcast that was a, was, focused on five minutes of self-care and breathing. So it could be any of those things, but it's about making time for the things that we need to make time for. It's a very, very, very well-used saying. People make time for the things they want to make time for. But it's true. How you do it practically differs according to what things that you have in your life, obviously. And that might mean you might need to delegate a few more things. Do you really have to take on every single thing when you've got appraisals that you need to do? Do you need to do that? Or can you release that to another member of staff who's competent? If they're not competent, then it might be 
trying to look at who can take over when I may not be here, when I need to take the vacation. And if you're taking your work with you on vacation, then this is probably a sign that you're not managing time effectively. Not all of us do, but sitting down with a blank sheet of paper, print out your Outlook calendar if you need to, and then go hour by hour and then see what you do. Minute it, hour by hour, be honest, and then you'll be able to see where you spend the most time and then you calculate how much time you want to spend on it, how much time you can realistically spend on it and how much time can be taken from that activity into something else. That's really smart. And, you know, it made me think of a quote that I heard and it's everything is important until you have a health issue. And then the only thing that's important all of a sudden is your health. You know, yes, getting all of my to-dos done are super important, but, you know, if I'm neglecting the most important thing that, like you said, myself, all of a sudden, if I have a health issue or if I, you know, hit a brick wall metaphorically, None of those things are going to get done anyway. So that always puts into perspective for me just how important health is. So thank you so much for bringing that up. So are there any other misconceptions that tend to come up when you start talking about this with people? I mean, the time one is the biggest one. And another one is that it takes too long. Meal planning will take too long. And, And just to quantify this, I used to hate meal planning. I absolutely used to hate meal planning because of this reason or the next reason that I'm going to share. But I never liked it because the image that I saw was I would scroll Pinterest and I would see recipes, have every intention in the world to be like, oh, that looks nice. I'm going to cook some of that. And I would have a beautiful board. To this day, this board still exists in my old account. However, when you click on the link, the picture looks great, but you're taken to a blog. Most of the bloggers are affiliates, which is great. And they get a little commission if you buy something and whatever else. But then, unfortunately, it isn't the link for the thing that they do. They've got like a million of these annoying pop-up ads. So you're seeing half of these things come up and it just buries your recipe. And you're like, no, 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 no. And you try and do another one and then that same thing happens. And then you come out of Pinterest and before you know it, it's just easier to get convenience from the freezer, put it in the oven. Or hello, DoorDash, (laughs) can I have? And it's just easy to do that because that's complicated. It takes out all the stress. Who needs to be dealing with the stress? Or you open up the fridge and it's like, wait, what's for dinner? No, close the fridge. I do something that I'm happy with, that I'm comfortable with, that I know. I've done it. And for me, also, let's not forget the, the wonderful influencers, the fitfluencers, the personal trainers. I used to be a personal trainer. All of those who make the meal prep look great. For me, it looks like chicken, broccoli and rice every day, every single day eating the same thing. And sometimes you feel like you have to be, you know, MasterChef. I'm not going to say Gordon Ramsay because that's, you know, touch and go. But you feel like you have to be MasterChef to be able to cook this. I have to have these skills to be able to cook that. I'm Caribbean and rice is a staple at everything. Christmas, we had rice. Sundays, we have rice. Saturdays, we have rice. Every day, we have rice. And if we come to a party and there's no rice, Believe me, somebody will say, where's the rice in the cupboard? Or they'll send someone to go and get a packet of rice, put the, put it on the fire. And by the time we're all ready to eat, there's fresh rice. So it's always there. Can I cook rice? No, <laughs> absolutely not. And my family know that I can't do it. But I tell you what, I can make packet rice just like I cooked it out of the pot because that's easy. You get a packet rice, you can use banza rice, you can use wild jasmine rice, you can use coconut rice, um, tear a little hole in it, a quarter inch hole at the top squeeze it, put that in the microwave and for two minutes or two and a half minutes and that's it. And then you put it in the the pot or wherever you got to have it. That's convenient. If you've only got the time to do that, do that. 
Yes, there might be people who'd be like, well, that's not healthy. Okay, that's not. But for me, I can't cook the rice to this day, even in a rice cooker. It's just not my thing. So my point here is sometimes we put way too much pressure on ourselves to try to be the best when we don't have the habit locked down yet. If rice ain't your thing, don't cook rice, cook pasta. I boil the kettle, put the pasta in there and then make it al dente. That's how I like my pasta. Not too hard, not too soft, but that's it. So you you get to this habit or you get to these things by practicing it and getting better. I, I don't want to try that with rice. I've tried. We give up. But another reason that, or another biggest misconcept, a biggest, another, what's the word? Another, the biggest misconcept. Myth or misconception, yeah. Myth, it, there we are, is meal planning eat you have to eat the same thing and that's one of the biggest things that I didn't like with meal planning because literally all I saw was the same thing chicken broccoli and rice but I tell you why it works is because if you're somebody strapped for time having the same meals all week or yeah all week you, you pick two dishes or you pick three dishes and you have that throughout the week if you're somebody who says I don't have time this absolutely saves time if you're somebody like me who likes variety then you're swipping and swapping. My meal plan to this day for the last five years has been Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, I do my meal plan. Monday, Tuesday, I've got the same foods. So I might swap what I have for lunch on the Monday and have that for dinner on the Tuesday. Wednesday, you better believe I'm ordering out. Thursday and Friday, I will have another um, set of meal prep. So Wednesday and Monday, the two days that I cook because it keeps things variety, it keeps things fresh. And then if I want something on takeaway on a Friday, I have a takeaway. I've lost almost a stone. So I've lost 13 pounds by meal planning alone. And I used to be a macros coach. Yeah, I used to be a macros coach and I used to weigh out my food. I love it. Macros is great when it's great. But when it isn't, forget about it. I used to plan out my macros, plan out this, plan out that. I've lost weight, meal planning, no weighing a single thing, no scales. No, has I, have I hit my macros? Have I hit my proteins? Have I hit my carbs? I've gone over my carbs. None of that. Just simply planning my meals and enjoying the foods, enjoying takeaway and balance. It's okay to have takeaway. If you don't have takeaway, great. If you don't have convenience, that's okay. You don't have to. For me, this is what I like. And it doesn't mean I have that every week, but I've got balance. And that, for me, is able to knock that misconception that I need to have the same thing every single day. But believe me, I went and had the same thing because it's easy. If I'm in a season of life where I need to save time, I'm busy, then I'll have that. So there's a time and a place to have the same things. And it works all basic. It, it basically works according to your schedule and what you've got. You decide what's going on for you, your family, not the other way around like diets tell us to do. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you say that because, you know, after we talk about having no time as business owners, a lot of us talk about decision fatigue. I know for me, that really comes into play when I'm meal planning. I will, you know, open a browser, I will get out my cookbooks, I'll get out my spreadsheet. And then I'll say, you know what, I just don't want to decide. I've already decided a million different things today, my brain, I just want to shut it off. I just want to know, okay, this is what we have every Monday. This is what that means. That's what we're going to have this Monday. Um, so does that ever come into play with your clients as well? As in the decision fatigue, so a lot of them come from that whole, open up the fridge, what do I make? But sometimes if you look a little bit deeper, you might have eggs, you might have some milk, you might have some bread, some onions, some tomatoes, and some ham or chicken. Get out all of those in ingredients and make yourself an omelette. I'm not saying you have to have a perfect omelette, because even when I try to flip an omelette, oh, it crumbles into scrambled egg. 
but still eat it. In that case, you can have some toast with it and then eat it. Breakfast for dinner, great, great. If you're somebody who stresses about things, it's about having things that make it easier for you. Secondly, to limit the decision fatigue is planning in the first place. So you could plan a consult, you could plan you know, an outdoor event, or you could plan outdoor activities for the month. It could be themes, whatever it is, just as it comes to you to plan those events. Now we're taking those same skills that we do every single day and applying it to meal planning, applying it to meal planning. So one of my clients who is a busy entrepreneur and she's got children, this is what we did. She came to me and she said, I don't want to track any of those macros. No, don't get me to track macros. I just want to eat healthier for my family. How can you help me? So we kind of talked a little bit about what her goals were, what does she want to achieve and all of those things. She absolutely told me her children don't eat vegetables at all and they rely on oven food and takeaway. She had other things that she wanted to work on and we worked on those things. But the main thing was, so they all ate healthy together as a family. So it was through the time that we worked together, taking that step by step. So where are you at now? Where do you want to be? You know how as business owners, we do the smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic. So we took her goal and we worked backwards from there. Because if we're trying to work towards, I want to eat healthy for my family and we're not doing that, it's too overwhelming. Trying to get from the bottom of the mountain all the way to the top, it's like, no, I can't, I can't do that. And once we worked in this approach, it was much better for her to handle that than trying to be like, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not eating that. And you just get stuck and focused on what you're not doing instead of what you can be doing. So for example, her children didn't eat anything, anything green, (laughs) any type of food. So it was slow things that could be done today, small things. So years later, she still sends me images of her children just eating lettuce from the bag, like nothing else on it, no condiments, no ranch, nothing, just lettuce leaves because we simplified it and made it applicable to her family. So it can be done. But it's about, I guess I'm saying it can be done, but it's just applying it and breaking it down to smaller steps that you can actually do. Do you want me to go in a little bit deeper into that one? Sure. So, for example, you know, how did you get started in that, you know, the baby steps process of getting her from the bottom of the mountain to the top? I'm curious, you know, even the first step. So how we did that is one of the things that she would say is she wouldn't eat breakfast. So by the time she goes to work, And people want, because she's quite senior at work, people want her attention. She's still got her coat on. People are like, can I, you know that email that I sent you? Did you get this and did you get that? Let's sit down and then get to me. So we actually put that in her plan. Actually, if you're somebody who doesn't, sorry, it's it's time to throw this away and change my hairstyle. That's what it is. Well, that is fun. I think this is the best, actually, best interview that I've had because I can just be myself, take it off and just, yep. Put it back on and carry on like nothing happened. <laughs> okay. So what we did, we actually started off with the fact that she didn't eat breakfast. And people, as soon as she got into the office, people were jumping on her, asking her, have you got my email? Have you checked my email? She's still got her jacket on and she hasn't had time to sit down. But she knows by 11 a.m. she's biscuits, she's coffee, she's tea, she's cake, she's all of these sugary things because she's now got in, getting that sugar crash because she has no energy. She hasn't got any breakfast. The kids are ready, rushing, all of that stuff. So that's where we started. We started with breakfast. And the way I work is very much in partnership rather than just me telling you to be, okay, for breakfast, you can have this. For lunch, you can have this. That's boring. So we're working together with you how to 
So I'm working together with you as to how you can plan that. So, for example, what we did was started with the breakfast. Before anybody asks you any questions, you get in and you say, good morning, just give me about 15 minutes and I'll be with you. So people are not jumping. You, you have that at home. If you've got children, mummy, mummy, you don't need adult children at work too. It, you don't need all of that. You set the boundaries and say, I'll be with you in about X time, but make sure you get back to them in X time. It might take a while for you to get for them to get that, but she was either able to eat her breakfast at her desk or go into the kitchen or the staff room and eat her breakfast there. Even if it was like a pot of oats, she'd eat it. Then she'd say, okay, Sally, what was it that you wanted me to talk about once she's done? So that 15 minute time, we absolutely slotted that into her meal plan. And then she was able to work on that. And that was just breakfast. Over the period of time that we worked together, which was eight weeks, from the beginning to the end, we were able to plan an easy breakfast that she could do both on the weekend and also in the week that she put in input for, not me. And that was the biggest change for her and her family. It was about meals that she she enjoyed rather than other meals and teaching her how to package them and make them so it's just easy. Her husband did all the cooking while she was at work. And then when she came home, then they took over. So it was about creating structures around those things and the needs that their family had so that all she needed to do was just, we decide what you want, we put it into action. And over the eight weeks, that's what we did. That's awesome. Can you share just one quick example about how you worked with the kids as well? Because, you know, I know a lot of us listening, we feed our kids takeout all the time or drive through foods or things like that. How can we start again with really baby steps, introducing just a little bit of healthier foods into the equation without feeling that resistance from our kids? Do you have an example to share around that? This is something that I'm actually going to put together. I don't want to talk about it too much, but this is something that I, I will create because even working with children and young people, one of the things that I used to do was find it so fascinating that children didn't know how to cook. And there were times where I used to work with children who were incarcerated. So we taught them life skills. So, you know, care, basic care for yourself and cooking was one of those things. So with those particular older children who could eat like, you know, <laughs> eat you out of house and home, those particular children, it was teaching them to have healthy things. So in where I used to work, we had a chef that would cook these things. And it was focused on health, focused on proteins, carbohydrates, fats and foods that were cultured as well. So it's also about giving your child variety. But so with those children and young people, it's teaching them how to literally how do you plate a food, plate food? How do you have the right portions? How do you make sure that you've got a balance of food instead of, no, I don't like it. And even as adults, sometimes we can be like that. But it's trying things, trying different foods, trying different textures, trying different seasonings. For the love of all things meal planning, season up your food. If you need to put ranch on your vegetables when you first start, put ranch seasoning on your vegetables. And I tell you this because if your child eats that, You've got your child to eat vegetables. You can slowly reduce the amount of ranch you put on it to the point that you don't eat it without eating the ranch and the vegetables. If your child has gone from, I don't want vegetables to eating it with ranch, you need to celebrate that. I've got a friend. I don't like broccoli because I had a traumatic experience with broccoli, but her daughter's four. She will eat broccoli like she's eating peanut butter, Reese's butternut cups. She will just eat it like it's cookies. And I, I sit there when we go out for dinner, I'm like, how can you eat broccoli like that? They're like, she loves it. She absolutely loves it. If that's your child, give them it, give them as much broccoli as they want. Carrots, give them as much carrots as they want. 
if it's one vegetable for now, great. If it's zero vegetables, like my client, then it's about implementing things slowly. If you don't like it, then don't feed your children it. I remember when I was growing up and I was forced to eat vegetables, eat your vegetables. And I tried, I tried to hide it under rice. I tried to hide it under bread. And then that was the bit they knew, you know, you know, parents, how we can see right at the corner of our peripheral vision. You can see all of that. But for me, it was horrible. The, the broccoli was brown. It's no longer green. It was brown. It's soggy. The carrots are soggy. And the adults don't even eat it. So if you're not eating the foods that you're making and you know you don't like it, then children are mini us, mini versions of us. So they're not going to like it either. Salt, pepper. If you're somebody who likes garlic butter, asparagus, you can put some um, reduced fat or reduced salt butter in there and actually fresh chopped garlic. We have it. We have a little jar of a little jar of garlic that's chopped in small pieces. It's actually called lazy garlic. Great. Instead of you chopping the garlic yourself, you put that in with maybe about two tablespoons of the butter and then you're putting that over the vegetables. It doesn't have to be asparagus, but that's garlic, butter, asparagus and vegetables with some lamb and some potatoes or plant based meats. That is a meal that is easy to eat, that's seasoned well, that tastes good. And then as a family, if you can or when you can, you can enjoy that with your children and your family. But my point here in all of that big sermon was that I'm saying is start small. If you're not enjoying these vegetables the way that you're cooking them, just explore some seasonings, some salt, some garlic, some pepper, ranch if you need to. If they eat it like that, great. You celebrate that the fact that they've eaten it. Also, something else that you could do is themed nights. Say, for example, everybody loves taco night. So if you've got a breakfast bar, or well, not everybody, but if you've got a breakfast bar, they could be breakfast burritos, they could be tacos. Depending on the age of your children, but you could take them out shopping with you, depending that they don't, you know, embarrass you whilst they're out in public and, you know, sliding all around the aisles. But you could take them out with you and just say there's a prize for somebody who can get the most red vegetables and you can name them. If they don't name them, this is something for them to learn. But we're going to cook foods or another one. You can cook foods only with red ingredients, tomatoes, strawberries, peppers. You can do all of that. If you're making them, making it fun, involving them in the process, this is where they are likely over time to have a say and feel like they've got buy-in to the foods that they're eating rather than feeling forced to eat the foods that they don't like. And that's what I did with my clients who busy and the example that I gave. It's about including them in the process and seeing what they like. And at that point, they were eating no vegetables. So I made it a point to help her to season different things, different herbs, different spices, different vegetables in no more you didn't need to hide them and the fact that they go into the bag eat just the plain salad leaves and show me pictures of it that is testament to when you buy them and they've got buy-in not 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 blackmail buy-in is in i contributed to this oh this is something that i did i want to eat it that that makes a whole heap of difference from teenagers and these teenagers were incarcerated so from teenagers if they can do it then the younger children can also do it it's not easy, but over time it works. Yeah, that's something that I've never tried. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's what I love about doing these interviews is because I always walk away with some things that I can try in my own life. So thank you so much for that. I love that technique. So we talked a little bit about, you know, some time-saving hacks, I guess you would say, to make this a little bit easier, especially because we're business owners, we're parents. Most of us have very young children. So I wrote down the lazy garlic, the steamable rice. Do you have any other kitchen tools that we want to consider having on hand or 
any other meal planning techniques that you want to share, especially for those of us who are feeling that time crunch, even after we've, you know, expanded our mindset a bit and documented our time, if we're really just needing those, you know, shortcuts that you mentioned? If you don't have an air fryer, get yourself an air fryer. There could be ones that you get for $25. There could be ones at the Ninja Air Fries, which are the fancy ones, which is what I've got. And one of the things that I want to do is actually cook family-friendly meals in the air fryer. So it's easy for you to do. And whether these are podcast episodes, these are guides, whatever it is, it's about what can you do? So I've got an air fryer, which is, and I'm not saying you have to go and buy this, but if you don't have this, you can use a sheet pan. So I've got an air fryer. You can put a rotisserie chicken in there. You can even buy the chicken the rotisserie and just put it in there, put on the additional seasonings and put it in there. You can cut up some courgettes. You can cut up some red peppers. You can cut up some potatoes, some green beans and season that up with some olive oil, some salt, some peppers and some garlic. And then maybe add some chicken seasoning over the chicken. And what else can you put on there? Even some honey. Some people are like, honey, listen, I'm giving you my best ingredient secrets over here. So <laughs> you can add in all of those things and put that in the air fryer. And the air fryer that I've got is quite snazzy. But some air fryers um, actually have a setting on it so you can have it in a like an oven. This is what my air fryer does. So you can cook zone one, zone two or mega zone, which basically means you've now got a mini oven. And it's a lot cost effective because these energy prices and these grocery prices are wild right now, but it's cost effective to have a air fryer. If you don't have an air fryer, you get yourself a sheet pan, any old sheet pan will do some baking tray and use the same ingredients and put that in the oven. So you're cooking once and you're eating twice. This is fantastic for batch cooking. You don't have to have it the next day because you don't always have to do that, but you can freeze that. And there are guidelines to follow for things like lamb, poultry as to how long that you can freeze them for. I can't remember the name, in the US, but they are, I can't remember the name, but they're like Ziploc bags, but they're more expensive. I use all of those and I just put the date on there and I freeze those. So it says freezer organization, freezer space. When you can't find what you're looking for tucked at the back of the freezer, that's organized, super simple right there with you. Some, what else did you ask me? I asked you, well, I asked you about the tools and then just any other meal prep techniques for those of us who are at the bottom of the mountain, who are, you know, just wanting to make those first couple baby steps. So one of the biggest ones is cook once and eat the whole week. That's the easiest one to do. But I understand that it might be boring. So you might want to reduce the amount of days that you do that for. The point is, when it comes to meal planning, if your goal is you want meal plans done for the whole week, just start with one day. My client started with breakfast. Then we went on to lunch. Then we went on to dinner and then we included snacks. So you could do breakfast for one day. And a lot of our sessions was, what breakfast are you going to plan for the next two days? That's exactly how I, I went on my sessions. Making it small is a lot more achievable and celebratory for you. And then it feels like, oh, yeah, I can take another step up the mountain and I can do this because it feels easy for me. Another way is, like I said, if you have convenience foods to include that in your meal plan. I did a group coaching session recently. Somebody invited me in. Most of the women in that group already had so many tips that they were doing. So I encouraged them. I said, you've got a wealth of knowledge in this group already. All you need to do is combine who you've got around you and then do meal planning days. 
there was women in there that came even through the snow they came and delivered like baskets of stuff that were essential if you have that absolutely do that you could do bring and shares around in your indoor playgroup areas you could pick somebody it could be fiend it could be Caribbean it could be Chinese food it could whatever cuisine if you're somebody who likes cuisine do a cuisine themed night or a week there's something that was on social media where they would have these parties and everybody would be dressed in a particular color and bring snacks that particular color so sweets that are purple and everybody brought sweets and snacks that were purple that's the same thing that I'm trying to get the children to do to bring them to eat vegetables but that's the same thing that you can do when it comes to your meal planning to make it easy I'm only gonna buy purple foods this is an example. You don't have to, but I'm only going to buy purple foods. So that's eggplant. That could be be true, obviously not together. But you see how it gets you thinking, oh, what other things could I do? I could add chicken to that. I could add, a, I could add tofu. I could have tempeh. I could have seitan. I could have mushrooms. Don't sleep on mushrooms, friends. Oh, they are so good, especially oyster mushrooms. Mm, mm, mm. So there are varieties that you can do that you can eventually get to. But I've said a lot. All I know is when you start small, if meal planning breakfast, you can have an egg McMuffin. You, you might get it from the big yellow M, but make it at home. Make it with bacon, make it with egg, make it with the English muffin. Put that in for you can freeze that and then you've got breakfast done for the next two days. Overnight oats is something that you can do. PB and J overnight oats. Do not sleep on it. I don't like peanut butter, but in the oats, come on, come on, somebody. And, I, and, and that is super simple. The kids can get involved in that. You add some oats, add some milk. You've got some chia seeds if you want to make it really healthy. Put the peanut butter in a tablespoon of peanut butter. Put the tablespoon of jelly, jam. And then you can top that with some fresh fruits. You close that in a mason jar, one of the ones with an airtight lid, and you put that in the fridge. And it needs overnight for it to, to prove. I did apple overnight oats the other day. And then you take it out. That's ready for you to go. If you're somebody who doesn't like it cold, take it out a couple of hours before you're ready to eat it. You can take that with you to your office, whether it's at home or, you know, wherever you've got to go, you can take it with you and then eat it there. So these are some very, very simple things. Tacos, we've got shrimp, chicken, plant-based. What else can you have? Any lean protein. A cool, if you think of your plate like this, so half of your plate will be filled with vegetables. A quarter will be filled with a lean protein that's plant-based and, and meat-based. And then you've got complex, what do I say? Half vegetables, quarter protein and carbohydrates. Bands of rice, bands of pasta, potatoes, vegetables, lots of different things. If you're thinking of a plate, this is the idea that you want to get. So you're cooking one protein, one carbohydrate, one veg, and then you've got snacks. So these are ways that you can do this. And to get started, plan the meals that you would like to have, then go shopping for those things. Don't shop and then plan. If you've got, right, I want tacos this week. What tacos do I want? Shrimp tacos. Okay. Do I want to do this? Or do I want to add this? Or do I want to take her like that? You've got that plan. Then you go and get that. You save money because you buy what you need. And then you make the food that you've got. Or if you don't want to make them, ask Chipotle. Chipotle will send you a box. You choose your box, your family size box. Then you can freeze the leftovers. Don't forget to mark on it when it was cooked and when it was made. And then you can cook that. And then you eat that. There are so many different varieties. Once you know how and you've got a plan for yourself, this is where I say you stick with it. And then once you get comfortable and confident with that, then you can expand. You can do the whole week. You can do the whole month. You can do two months. But we're starting off with one thing that we struggle with the most. And then when we, got, when we get good on that, then we expand. That's awesome. I love that way of thinking about it. It's starting small. 
So for those of us who feel the same and are really excited about getting started and want to learn more, where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? So the website is vanutritioncoaching.co.uk and the podcast is Lose Weight with Meal Planning. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us. This was so helpful when I go back and edit this conversation, I'm going to write down all of the tips and all of the notes because I can't wait to implement them myself. So thank you so much. This was such a fun and refreshing conversation. Thank you so much. I hope it helps. All right. That wraps up my conversation with Verona, the host of the Lose Weight with Meal Planning podcast. If you want to learn more about Verona or her services, I've linked everything in the show notes of this episode. And again, if you have any feedback on this new format of the podcast where I do solo episodes on Mondays and guest expert interviews on Wednesdays, I would love to know. Message me on Instagram. And as always, if you found this interview helpful or if you like this podcast in general, the best way that you can show support so that I can continue to put out episodes without ad revenue is to leave a quick rating and review for the show wherever you are listening. It's what keeps me going. And again, it helps me continue to create episodes so that I can help you move your play-based business forward every single day. All right, have an amazing Wednesday, Playmakers. I will see you right back here with a solo episode on Monday.